Grace and peace, love and mercy from God our Father, through Jesus Christ, our risen Savior and Lord. Amen. Text for our meditation this morning as we celebrate the presentation of the Augsburg Confession. The Old Testament reading pointed for today, Isaiah 55, 6 to 11, especially these words. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, June 25, 1530 is a long time ago, 493 years to be exact. And on this day, so long ago, some faithful men, laymen, made a confession, a bold confession. It was written by Melanchthon and Luther and other theologians over the course of time. But they presented this confession, this Augsburg confession, before the very emperor himself. And they knew what was at stake. Their livelihoods, and quite likely, their lives. Errors had crept into the church, and these men made a bold stand. A bold confession. They counted the cost and made the confession anyway. How could they do it? How could they have been so sure? How could they have been so convinced and convicted? How could they have been so bold as to make this confession of faith before the most powerful person in all of Europe. My friends, that's a good question, and it's a question before us as well. How can we be sure? How can we be convinced and convicted of anything? Can we be sure? Is there any way to know for sure what right or wrong is or what God actually says or intends for us. These are questions that are before us, before the Christian, each and every day. We hear a lot in our world today about speaking truth to power. This is exactly what God's word from Isaiah 55 is talking about. Speaking the truth. Confessing the truth to power. Power with a small p. And maybe we would add an s at the end. The so-called powers of our world. Isaiah starts out in a way that almost seems 
odd or shocking to us. We know the end of this pericope, many of us do, very, very well. Talking about the power of God's word, the word, the word, the word. But the beginning maybe catches us off guard. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. There are many who are close to the kingdom. But they do not seek God where he promises to be found. Where does he promise to be found? In his word. Wherever my word is, there I am in your midst. God's word attached to simple things like water, bread and wine, words. This is where God promises to be found. He doesn't promise to be found in the Sunday paper, on the golf course, at the fishing hole, under the covers, he promises to be found in his word. And wherever his word is attached to those things that he promises to deliver the good news to us. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. This is God through Isaiah calling us to pay attention. To pay attention to his word. To listen. But why? Why specifically right here? Let the wicked forsake his way. And the unrighteous man his thoughts. Wickedness. Unrighteousness. God is calling out sin. God is a holy God. Evil, wickedness, unrighteousness cannot stand in the presence of a holy God. These things don't just magically appear. Most of the time, they manifest themselves in the people that we deal with. Oh, not everybody who says or does wicked things is wicked, but they're an agent of Satan when they do those things. God is saying wickedness and unrighteousness is real. It needs to be exposed. It needs to be removed. Ah, there we go. How does God propose that this evil and this wickedness be removed? Get out the nuclear bombs? Start libel and slander on Twitter or Facebook? No. Listen very carefully. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God.
for he will abundantly pardon. God desires that evil and wickedness be exposed and called to account so that God can forgive it. So that God can show compassion. So that the abundant pardon, forgiveness of God can shine forth throughout the entire world. My friends, what happens in your life when you are confronted with wickedness and unrighteousness? What do you do? How do you act? How do you respond? Are you like an ostrich that buries his or her head in the sand? I don't want to hear it. I don't want to see it. That's a very common approach to evil and wickedness. What happens when this evil and wickedness which can take many, many different forms, what happens when this confronts you face to face? What happens when the Jehovah's Witnesses knock on your door? Or the Mormons knock on your door? Do you pretend you're not home? Do you answer the door but quickly shoo them away? Or do you see this as an opportunity? An opportunity to refute the evil, the wickedness, and the unrighteousness of denying that God is one God in three persons, three persons in one God. Do you stand up for the Holy Trinity as God has revealed Himself to us clearly and plainly in Scriptures? All too often, we cower and we fear. What happens when it hits a little closer to home? Let's say it's a neighbor or a coworker, and the discussion goes to something religious. We've had this happen. Many of us have. So, so you actually believe that bread and wine is the body and blood of Jesus? That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. That's a true story of a conversation that I had Not too long ago, while deer hunting with friends. How in the world the discussion got to the real presence of Christ while we were deer hunting, I will never know. But it did. What happens when something of a theological nature comes up? Do you cower and fear? 
Or do you speak the truth in love? With the goal, as God's goal here is, for repentance and pardon and grace. Let's get a little closer to home. Your son or daughter brings home their boyfriend or girlfriend for Thanksgiving or Christmas. And they plan to spend the night in the same bedroom under your roof. What do you do? Do you speak the truth in love? Do you call sin, sin? Or are you more concerned about a fake peace around the family dinner table? Are you more concerned about bruising egos or feelings? Or about speaking God's word, confessing God's word in its truth and purity for the purpose of pardon and forgiveness and repentance. My friends, we all know that far too often we have failed to confess when we could have confessed. We have become lip-locked and tongue-tied when God has given us opportunity after opportunity to make the good confession. There have been times when we've had these opportunities to make the good confession and we are all too clear to criticize the other person or the other behavior behind their back when we didn't have the courage to speak it to their face. Why is it, Lord? Why is it that we so often fail? Why is it that when given the opportunity to make the good confession, we cower in fear? Well, two things come to my mind. One, we don't know the Word of God. We don't know it well enough. At least we think or we tell ourselves to make the good confession. How can I explain the Holy Trinity? How can I defend the real presence of Christ's body and blood in the supper? How can I speak to the two natures of Christ? We don't know it. Because we're lax. We're lax in our worship where God's Word is taught, preached. We're lax in our study of the Scriptures. The golf course or the coffee shop calls. No time for Bible study. We're lax. We don't have time to read the Scriptures on our own, to lead our family in devotions. We don't know it because far too often we're lazy and apathetic with regard to the Word. And what's worse, 
What's worse than not knowing what God's Word says is we don't believe it. We don't trust it. We don't trust that God's Word has the power to change hearts and to change lives. We don't believe that the Word of God is the power of God unto salvation for all who believe. My friends, seek the Lord while He may be found. Call upon Him while He is near. Let the wicked forsake His way and the unrighteous man His thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. God is speaking these words to you and to me today. For all of the times we have failed to make the good confession. For all of the times we have been lazy and apathetic in our approach to the word of God. For all of the times when we didn't trust that the word of God would do what the word of God promises to do. God is here today for you with grace and pardon and forgiveness. God's Word will fill you with not only the forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation, but the courage and the conviction to hear it to believe it, and to confess it. This is God's promise for you today. That's how the confessors could stand before the emperor 493 years ago without regard for their life or their livelihoods. And that's how we can stand before the world today Confessing not our own truth, but God's truth. What is that truth? My friends, God has given you pardon and forgiveness through and only through the Lord Jesus Christ. The Word of God that took on flesh and blood. The Word of God that dwelt in the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary. The Word of God in human flesh that was born to save sinners from their sin. The Word of God who was born for you. The Word of God who lived a holy, righteous, and perfect life for you. The Word of God bleeding and dying the death we deserve because of our sin. The Word of God bursting forth on that first Easter Sunday. Death could not hold the Word made flesh, Jesus Christ. The Word of God who has ascended to the right hand of God and yet is really present with us as we hear His Word read, as we sing and study His Word as the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed into our ear, as we return to the baptismal font where He adopted us as His own, as we feast on Christ's body and blood in the holy meal, 
God is here. The word of God is working in you and will work through you. Your sins are forgiven. Your guilt is atoned for. Your faith is strengthened. And your courage, your courage to confess the truth, a pure gift of God, will come as natural as a smile on your face when the dew point is low on a June or July day in Nebraska. Isaiah goes on. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. When we're confronted with evil, far too often, when we're not cowering in fear, we're lashing out in hate. Did you see what they did over there? Can you believe they participated in that event? You know what I saw over at his house the other day? We condemn and we criticize and we hate and we like it. My friends, God's thoughts are not like that. God's ways are not like that. When he sees the evil person, when he sees the unrighteous thoughts, when he sees the manifestation of sin, he sees sinners that need the forgiveness of sins. He sees lost souls that need pardon and peace. And that's why he sent Jesus. That's why he gives us his word. My friends, our thoughts, our lives, our hearts can be changed as well by the power of the word. To see the evil and unrighteousness in our world. To have pity on people who don't know or don't care about God's word and the forgiveness of sins. And to boldly confess Christ, Christ crucified for forgiveness, life, and salvation. To boldly confess God's Word, the Bible, in its truth and purity. In season and out of season. At the end of our text for today, Isaiah gives us an object lesson. An object lesson that all of us can understand. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, we've been in the midst of a terrible drought. The Midwest, certain parts of Nebraska, Almost historic levels. No snow two years in a row. You may think that's good. Ask a farmer, that's not good. Your lawn is burning up. 
Well, that may be a tragedy for you. But the crops are burning up all throughout our land. Just two days ago, we got a nice shower. It wasn't a lot of rain, but it was a little bit. The lawns that had turned brown almost overnight greened up. The corn that was curled up and begging for moisture looks alive again. My friends, we know what happens when it rains. Things get green. Things are alive. God is teaching us. The same thing happens when we hear His Word. Even a little bit. Our lives green up. Even a little bit. Our lives, our hearts are changed by the power of the Word. And if a little bit can change us a little bit, Think what a lot being immersed in God's Word will do. Life. Life to the full. The abundant life that Jesus promises in John chapter 10. God gives us a promise that His Word will accomplish that for which He purposes. What does God purpose? God purposes. God desires that sinners repent. God desires no one to go to hell. That's why He sent Jesus, the Word in the flesh. God desires for all people to be saved. God desires that everyone would cling to the Word of God in faith. My friends, hear it. Believe it. Trust it. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, confess it. May God grant that to us for Jesus' sake. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts, our minds, in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. We stand and sing the offertory.